Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's March 3rd, 2021, and this is episode 62, Allie. Um, so kind of a funny joke here. This is actually take two. We just wrapped up the entire show and realized we never hit the record button. So we're going to give this thing a whirl again. And uh um, you know, we got a, a couple of unique sets of topics here. Um, the first thing, Ellie, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some updates around the uh, Roundup Ready 2 Extend or Extend to Max Dicamba application label. And it really kind of really affects the listing area here. And um, probably something we want to start out with uh, just kind of prefacing this topic here just a little bit, Ellie. Yeah. So, um, like we talked about, I think this is really important because this would be the fourth time in about five years that you as a farmer are going to face a new set of requirements um, to be able to spray dicamba over the top of your dicamba tolerant soybeans. Um, so with any changes like that, always come a good point of making sure that we're reiterating what has changed, what remains the same, uh, just to make sure that we do things right. I think one of the biggest things that has changes would be the buffers in general have gotten bigger. So the standard downwind buffer distance is going to be 240 feet. Uh, but outside of that, there's kind of a second buffer requirement, which is going to designate a 57-foot omnidirectional buffer combined with a 310-foot downwind buffer um, to protect endangered species. So this buffer is only going to be required for fields in counties that have been listed on EPA's um, specific list. So I think that's where we bring this back to how, which of our listeners is that directly affect here in Southeast Minnesota. Yeah, so when we, when we talk about these different requirements for endangered species, um, three counties in southeast Minnesota got designated um, in this endangered species uh, designation. Uh, and these three counties include Fillmore, uh, Winona, and Olmstead County were the three in southeast Minnesota that were designated as this. Um, there were a couple counties uh, in northeast Iowa that were as well, but these are probably the three that we'll, we'll focus on here today, Allie. And and you mentioned that buffer expands, and, and um, that, that is... That is right on from the, you know, the standard 240, it'll go to 310, plus this omnidirectional buffer of 57 feet. And what does that mean? So what that means that even if a sensitive crop is upwind, there's going to be a 57 foot omnidirectional buffer if uh, a sensitive area is upwind or, or in a direction that's opposite of downwind, basically. Um, so in some cases, you know, if, if, you know, if everything that's not downwind is sensitive, there'd be a, bu- uh, a 57 foot buffer around the entire field and a 310 foot buffer if what was downwind was sensitive. So it definitely does make things uh, a little bit more restrictive alley uh, compared to the standard buffer requirements. Yeah, and with the standard, I mean, so if you have a non-dicamba tolerant soybeans, they're obviously a sensitive crop. So if those are downwind at any point in time, you can't make an application on that field regardless that particular day, you'd have to wait for that downwind to shift. But I did wanna come back to the 57 on the directional buffer um, with these extended buffers in terms of crops that are considered sensitive and corn is in that 57 foot buffer, correct? That is correct. Basically the only crop that's considered non-sensitive is dicamba tolerant soybeans. So if any other crop or dicamba tolerant cotton, which really isn't going to be a thing up here, but that would be the only thing that would, from a crop standpoint, that would be considered non-sensitive. So what that's saying, Allie, is even if corn is downwind, we have a 310 foot buffer even against corn, which 
Now, when we go into one of the counties that doesn't have the endangered species designation, they can spray right up to corn because it's not considered sensitive. So this is a very big change. Yeah, and basically the big thing is that corn is now considered a sensitive crop. So if you had a, a soybean field completely surrounded by corn downwind, you would have to have 310 foot buffer and it would be 57 feet uh, buffer around the rest of the field, which um, to me, that's a bit of a game changer when we study out the, the, the changes to the rules in these endangered species counties. Yeah, so a lot of different scenarios, obviously, here that you'll want to make sure you're running yourself through. But as we've talked, Josh, I think also important, and you can chime in here, it, it really is important to be in communication with your neighbors, uh, specifically what type, what soybean traits are they planting across their acres? Maybe what are some of these plans going to look like so that you can start preparing now? Because obviously the stakes are going to remain a little bit high for making some of these applications, and we want to make sure that they get done right. Um for folks that are now, you know, just understanding maybe what some of these changes can mean in terms of making these dicamba applications, um, any specific tips on what folks can hone in now to make sure that they clearly understand this moving forward? Yeah, I think the biggest thing and, and maybe a little disclaimer on our part is, is before you make any dicamba applications is to just really understand um, the label, not only for the state, but also down to the county level now where we do have some counties that have different designations. Um, especially the three we referenced of Fillmore, Olmsted, and Winona County. Um, but also, you know, if you got questions on this, you know, reaching out to uh, the proper people at Department of Ag or, or reaching out to us or your, your crop protection providers, um, communication, you made a great reference too of just really understanding what's surrounding you. When you think about soybeans now, um, you know, there's been a large uptick of enlist soybeans. Um, the amount of Liber Street, Liberty Link soybeans has increased. Um, there's a larger uh, number of conventional soybeans out there too. So not every soybean field um, is going to be uh, dicamba tolerant. And I think that's something that we that you mentioned that we really got to be sensitive of is, is really communicating and then also understanding uh, the requirements, especially if you farm in Fillmore and Houston County, your rules will be different. And, uh, and Allie, as we come on a break, um, we'll talk a little bit more about what we're going to have going on here this summer. Welcome back listeners. So Josh, I thought a really nice discussion in segment one on some updates on around dicamba applications to Roundup Ready to extend soybeans. Um, but I think as we move into segment two, just a nice opportunity to talk through what we have planned for the 2021 growing season. Obviously some great weather that, that came across the area this Saturday. And I think that got a lot of folks really excited to start thinking spring and all that's to come throughout the growing season. Yeah, and it, it, it's March, so I always um, I get anxious whenever it's March in a good way. But um, as soon as the calendar turns and uh, some warm sunshine like this, I, I really get anxious about uh, and maybe not anxious, excited about the upcoming season. But also know that you know we got to get a lot of prep work done. And um, you know, Allie and Aaron of it, you know, we've been working pretty hard, kind of taking a look at from an agronomy standpoint, a pioneer what we're going to be doing this summer. And you know, I think front and center, um, you know, we're going to continue our, our replicated corn uh, PKP effort. Uh, PKP stands for product knowledge plots. Uh, a lot of our listeners have probably seen some of our results from that. That's really what powers our, our annual agronomy summary book. Um, not a lot of changes to this, but obviously some new hybrids. I think we're testing three new platforms, Allie, this year, uh, all in the Chrome platform and PKP, which is exciting. Um, some new products there. And I think we're going to land around 70 locations. I just... Um, Yesterday, I was working uh, with Brian and we pushed all the, the locations down to the reps so they can start positioning and assigning them. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be exciting. And, and Allie, from a soybean standpoint, we actually got some big breaking news of what the what we're going to have going on in that arena. 
Yeah, so all of our soybean product knowledge plots across southern Minnesota will be Enlist uh, PKPs, which I think is really exciting. We're rapidly making a turnover to the Enlist technology here in Southeast Minnesota. And I think along with that always just brings along the opportunity to make sure that you're evaluating those products in field. Obviously Enlist was is here in a greater way, will be this growing season. Um, but as we move in to looking even to 2022, we have some exciting new varieties that we will be able to take a look at in this year's PKPs across Southeast Minnesota. So, you know, sometimes corn gets a spotlight, but I think really, as we focus on the summer, E3 is gonna be a really exciting trait to explore even more in a greater capacity in 2021. Um, so a lot of opportunities for you as the customer to see Enlist in field and really have it prove what it can do across your acres. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I think uh, Chrome and Enlist E3 is gonna be fighting for the spotlight, but uh, both are uh, extremely exciting things. and. Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of great things there um, in the soybean arena. And in the soybeans too, we're going to have a small seed treatment trial uh, in the middle of every uh, replicated PKP location. Um, Southeast Minnesota is a big user uh, of soybean seed treatment. And, and sometimes we get some questions on, on data and, and kind of what the side-by-side -side data look like. So we put that together, which that should get us, you know, maybe 35 or 40 direct side-by-side -side locations um, from an untreated and untreated standpoint, which would be great as well. Um, from a UAV standpoint, Allie, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, um, the drone deploy platform kind of kind of merging in with our um, proprietary stand count stuff that we've been been working on the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, anything you want to discuss there? And I think the other thing we should probably just remind people is that um, you know, our growers, if you have a UAV or have interest, we also have pushed it out where you could have access to, to purchase these tools and use them on your own farm as well. Yeah, and we'd encourage you, if you go back to last week's show, we talked about more in depth what that can look like for you as the customer. But I think, Josh, you talked about the fact that obviously we utilize our UAVs a ton as an agronomy team here at Pioneer. We have one of the largest drone fleets, um, but our drone fleet is going to be expanding as more and more of our Pioneer sales reps um, are utilizing UAVs and all the same technologies that we're using. So plenty of opportunities if you're wanting to take a peek at that um, technology, whether by yourself or through one of us or Pioneer sales rep, uh, we can certainly make that happen this growing season. So a lot of exciting things to come in the UAV side, arena side of things. Yeah. And Allie, you're um, kind of um, the co-person that's heading up our summer intern. And uh, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what uh, our intern is going to be doing, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners will probably cross paths with her this summer. Yeah, so new face you'll see this summer. Uh, Madeline will be our summer intern. She comes out of Rhinebeck, Iowa. She actually has some great experience working in seed corn production with Corteva and Pioneer, so some nice background there. We'll have her focused on showcasing some of the work that we're doing with some of the drones and UAVs uh, this growing season, uh, but you'll also see her in field um, just focusing on what are some of the enlist hot topics going on with some of our training sites, Chrome, um, and she will be forward facing on your farms as a customer. So look forward to, to talking with her as we move this summer. Um, but she is not the only face that folks can expect to see Josh. We have another new face on the digital side of our business. Yeah, and this is this is really exciting. Um, we have hired a, a full-time uh, um, Corteva employee that's going to help us with digital in, in Southeast Minnesota. His name is Sam Hess. We'll probably get him on the show here uh, within the next couple episodes and in uh, Kind of so everyone can kind of get to hear from him and he can kind of introduce himself and give us some background of what uh, he's been up to and what his role is going to be. But um, I think it's going to be a great resource. And uh, for some of our growers that got questions in digital or looking to make some improvements or changes to, to their digital on their own acres, um, I think he's going to be a great resource for everyone across the area. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think before we end today's show, the final thing, you know, you talked about is Chrome or E3 going to win the spotlight this growing season? We actually have some potential um, demo sites specifically catered around Enlist, Josh, that we'll have more information on to come as we get that finalized for the growing season. Yeah, I'm getting close. I'll have to make an announcement. I'm hoping to have that down in Harmony. So it's going to be uh, right down there in an area, but uh, stay tuned and hopefully we'll launch that here in the next week or two. And uh, that's a wrap for this week, everyone, and be sure to tune in next week. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060.